You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today, I have a fellow Aussie in the building with me. His name is Nathan Chan, and he is the founder of Founder Magazine. And Founder Magazine is one of the top young entrepreneurship magazines that featured so far Ariana Huffington, Damon John, Deepak Chopra, uh, Richard Branson, right? So the, the, these guys are no joke. They're bringing in a lot of king hitters and key players and I'm just super excited to find out, you know, how is Nathan building this magazine empire and how is he connecting with these amazing people? So Nathan, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Joel. And uh, thank you for the kind introduction, man. You have to remember, we've featured you too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm humble. I'm humble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Hey, look, it's it's really great having you here. I uh, I see you floating all over the net, man. I see uh, you're pretty big on the social media side of things, and obviously your magazine is ranking really high up there with the uh, magazines that have been around for decades. So, if you don't mind, man, I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit to see how other businesses out there and other entrepreneurs can really take advantage of the online space. And really blow themselves up. So uh, yeah, man, I just want to get a background on how did you get started with Founder Magazine? Yeah, so for a very long time, I I always wanted to start a business, but I didn't know where to start. And I was one of these people that read a lot of business books and just never did anything. And long story short, I, I recognized that there wasn't currently any magazines in the space because, you know, I'd read Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Forbes. There wasn't really any magazine out there in the space that I could really relate to that really spoke to me as an aspiring entrepreneur that wanted to start a business that didn't know where to start. And I just, I, I recognized that there wasn't a magazine targeting aspiring entrepreneurs, no, novice stage entrepreneurs, early stage founders, and especially young entrepreneurs so I identified this need and I thought to myself, well, what what better way to start a business than to just interview successful people and just kind of showcase my story along the way and showcase my findings and create a magazine that I would like to read because I found it difficult to relate to, you know, the top 100 billionaires and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's how I got started. We started March 5th. We launched March 5th. 2013 and we've just turned two now um so does that answer your question joel it does it definitely does and <clears throat> thank you for sharing that with us what i find um interesting is that I, you hear this quite often where you come across a situation where you're like it, it becomes this uh annoyance or maybe even a, a problem for you right and then you realize well no one else out there is uh finding a solution for this so why don't i go out there and make it for myself and you birth the idea of Founder Magazine. How long did it take you to take that idea, to implement it, 
and then to leave your nine to five. Because I think this is what a lot of people are really interested in is that they're stuck in this nine to five, this corporate job, they're working you know, overtime for the extra dollar when they could be sitting at home in the comfort of their own home <laughs> office or in a cafe in Starbucks <laughs> or wherever, right? Living it up and living that laptop lifestyle. Mm. I mean, how long did it take? Yeah, we you know we we are very lucky. We're living the dream right now, bro. And I feel very privileged every day to just you know wake up super excited about the day ahead. Um, so yeah, look, I I probably should have mentioned when I started Founder. I started it while I was working full time. So I conceptualized the idea in December two thousand and twelve, and it took me four months to get the app ready to get everything ready and to, to publish and go live on March 5th 2013 and I you know I I was somebody that was working in an IT job like it was super embarrassing I'll say now because I don't really care but I used to crawl under desks man and like fix computers and set up computers for people and it was really degrading and I always knew deep down that there was so much more out there for me and I wasn't doing work that was fulfilling me so I went back to university and was doing a master's of marketing. And when I finished that master's of marketing at the end of 2012, I was like, you know what? I, I was looking for a marketing job. I couldn't even get a marketing job. No one would hire me, not even at the company I was working at. And I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm going to do something of my own and I'm going to you know, do the marketing stuff and have fun there. So I came up with the idea in December. We launched in March and pretty much the first day I launched, so I didn't leave Founder. It took me about a year to build it up. So I left early 2014. I left my job and we well, yeah, probably around, yeah, probably took, yeah, it took me about a year to build it up. So the first, first day we launched, we made $5 and I'll never forget how, how much of a game changer that was for us or for me because I could see that someone was prepared to spend their cold hard cash like you know with their credit card to purchase something that I had created and I knew nothing about apps I knew nothing about editorial I knew nothing about design I knew nothing about even about entrepreneurship I was approaching it from the from the stance of I don't know anything this is what I'm finding and still to this day that's how we approach it and yeah so it took me about a year to build it up replace my income and and, uh, you know, live comfortably. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of hustle, man. Like I would work, you know, all day nine to five and then every day I'd come home and I, if I wasn't hanging out with my girlfriend or my family or my friends, I'd be working on the magazine. I'd also be getting up super early. I was even doing interviews with like millionaires, multimillionaires on my lunch breaks. <laughs> That's how hard I was hustling. And it's funny when you think about it looking back. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, that's what I did. I just built it up from the ground up, man, and bootstrapped it. Wow, dude. I could actually imagine you sitting on a computer desk talking to Richard Branson with wires hanging around all around your head and going, screw this job. Screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. So you've been in this game for a couple of years now, right? And that's amazing that you were able to achieve that uh, freedom within a year. A lot of people don't usually do that, to be honest. I know it took me about nearly two years. So congratulations on that, man. That's a very fast pace. And I know that you would have put in a long hours 
you know, after work and, and really uh, hustled hard for that. So congratulations on that. But Thank uh, you, bro. what have you learned so far? Like, what do you think is a standout thing that maybe you thought was the right way to go about it in the beginning? I'm sure there's a lot of things, right? But maybe one of the standout things that you thought was right in the beginning, but then you've realized now that you were going about it for quite a while the wrong way. And now it's, you know, you've switched it up. Mm. Well, I think when I first launched the magazine, I thought that I would become like a multimillionaire. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought um, that... Yeah, that we could just have the magazine. I wouldn't do any blogging. I wouldn't build the brand. I wouldn't launch a podcast. I wouldn't have a, like a nice website. So I've learned so much, man. And I didn't. I thought really small. I didn't think big enough. Um, and as time has gone on, I've I keep thinking bigger and bigger, as you know, because we we have a lot of these kind of conversations. So one of the biggest takeaways was one, I didn't think big enough, and two. Founder, I very like after a while, I realized it's much more than a magazine, it's a brand, it's a media brand. So, we need you know, rocking social channels, we need a great website that's um, producing epic content, we need to be serving our audience from many different areas, not just the magazine, and we need a decent sized email list. and. Yeah, these these are the kind of things that took me a while to work out, but I realized pretty quickly that I was wrong. That uh, you know, the way I approach building this business is I'm all about building a massive platform that is a massive brand and yeah, I think having multiple assets underneath that brand where everything's cross-selling, intertwining, so if somebody follows us on Twitter, they might not follow us on Facebook or they might not even purchase the magazine, but they might only read our content for, on the website and that's fine too and it might take them a year to even want to look at signing up to our email list, but I'm prepared to play that long game too. That's another thing that I learned that it's all about the relationships you build with the people that are exposing themselves to your brand. They're not going to buy straight away. Very early on, I thought that I could create the magazine and just shove it down people's throats because this is what I was doing. But, you know, because it's, you know, awesome and I love it and, you know, this is the problem we're solving. We're showing people what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. But as time went on, I also realized that you want to be building a connection with that person. You want to build a relationship. And that's why, you know, the podcast, you know, our podcast, you know, at the conversation we're having just right now, you're building a relationship with your audience. And that is where the real gold is at. The real gold isn't actually the money you make. It's the emails that you get when people say, Nathan, your magazine has changed my life. You've inspired me to go and start a business. You've shown me what's possible. That's where the real gold is at. You know, the amount of money you make is equivalent to how well you serve your community. When I first started Founder, I thought that it was all about making money. And I quick realized very, very quickly, it's not just about that. It's about the connections and the lives you have an impact on. So, yeah, th- those are some big ones. Yeah, dude, that you made a really interesting point. And uh, actually, I was listening to Joe Dispenza on the other day. He's a neuroscientist, an incredible guy. And he was sharing that one of the lowest forms of motivation is uh, like a material money motivation, right? That's the mm-hmm. lowest form. It doesn't last that long because what you're doing is you're chasing that emotion. So you want to buy like a, an expensive car or you want $10,000 to get you some Gucci glasses and a whatever. Once you get it, yeah, it's cool, but then it dies off very quickly. It's very temporary because that emotion fades away. 
Um, the highest form of motivation is duty motivation, which is mm. purpose, right? So, uh, I mean, I went through it as well. When I started addicted to success, my motivation was making money. Mm. But then I quickly realized like you that, you know, you get all these people that contact you that you've changed their life in a positive way. And you realize, wow, this is like, this is kind of my, this is my calling or my purpose. And it sounds mm. like this happened to you uh, through, you know, launching founder magazine and and you only really picked up on that as the months went on what else have you found for you personally in a self-development sense has really helped you grow through growing your own business Mm. i think another one is you know one of my favorite quotes by jim Rohn, and I, i don't know if this gets said a lot in your podcast but your net work is your net worth Um, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the amazing people I have in my network and my mentors, man, like that is, is killer. Like one thing that I do, it's like one of the biggest success hacks I know is, is just hanging out with people that have done it. And like, you know, you want to, you want to get some serious traction on Pinterest. You need to find someone that's getting that serious traction on Pinterest, help them how you can. And and learn from them. That's the only way you're going to do it. You can't do this stuff alone. And I think as an entrepreneur also, the journey can be very, very lonely. So it's very important to hang out with like-minded people, not just people that are where you want to be, but also people at the same level as you. And that really helps you, I guess, go through the struggles that we all go through as entrepreneurs and, that, and just those people have really helped me grow and develop rapidly. Like I, I would all, a lot of the stuff that I get and learn from are the people that I interview. You know, I've done over 150 plus interviews with millionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires. And I don't, I pick up bits and pieces from each one of those interviews and I apply it, you know. We, before we even jumped on this call, you know, we talked about the importance of application, taking action. It's one thing to know uh, you have to do this, but it's another thing to actually do it and test it. Mm. So, yeah, I think, I think my network has helped my development massively. And the people that I surround myself with, like yourself, you know, we, we chat all the time, Ben, and how much do we help each other out? And I'm giving you this tip and you're giving me this tip. And we, you know, we talk through things, or oh, maybe you should do it this way, or maybe you should do it that way. And that has helped me massively, man. Like I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the people I have around me. Yeah, that's right, man. Hey, look, we all hold a little bit of power. Right, and if we all come together, we can light up a world, man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <clears throat> that's what it's like, right? So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I think the thing is as well is that if you do it in a non-selfish way as well, because I know a lot of people that would do it just to mm. you know, get value out of it for themselves, it needs to be value for value. Mm. You know? And people know, man, people know. And the thing is, if someone's delivering you value, why would you try and milk it right there? You never know how much value you're going to share between each other over the years. You know, why not hang in there and uh, make something of it, right? Yeah, look, that's that's so true. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you're spot on there, man. And I should have mentioned that. Any interaction that I have with a person, I ask, how can I help? Because I'm of the opinion that it's all about serving first and asking later. 
And I carry that philosophy with me every day, which I learned from one of my mentors, serve first, ask later. So if you do want to learn from somebody or you do want someone to help you with something, you have to help them first. And that's how you're probably going to ask me, how am I getting you know, all these interviews with all these big influencers like Deepak Chopra or Ariana Huffington or Richard Branson or you know, we've got Seth Godin and Damon John, Tony Robbins, all these massive influencers and, you know, Big time entrepreneurs in this space. How am I getting? How am I getting them on the front cover of Founder? Well, it's quite simple. I'm finding out how I can help them. I'm finding out what they want. So, perfect example. Tony Robbins is launching a book. He needs help with press. We've got a you know content. We're we're a content machine. We can give him that press to help him get more book sales. Same with Ariane Huffington when she launched her book. Um, same with Deepak Chopra launching a course. You know th- those. You know his team came to us, but it's all about finding that mutually beneficial value exchange and always serving first and then asking later. Yeah, there you go. And typically, how would you approach somebody for an interview? Like, what's the leverage? Because everyone needs an angle, right? You, you can't mm. just go in and be like, hey, I want to interview you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can try it, but it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> Especially with uh, so many podcasts and people jumping in the online space nowadays, mm. I feel like it might be a little bit saturated, right? So you need to really come in as a cut above the rest and, and come in from a, a unique angle. So what, mm. uh, what works for you? Just give us an idea. You don't have to give us every secret sauce, but just an idea of what the approach would be like. Yeah. Well, for me, like we're we're lo- like lucky because we've got the magazine as that really big heavy hitter weight, and a lot of people are quite attracted to that. And same for you, like you've got these massive social channels, you've got millions and millions of readers. But if you don't have that, there are still ways that you can approach people, and it, you have to be really really strategic about it. So it comes back to you know the value exchange. What is this person looking for? Are they launching a book? Are they launching a course? How can you help them? Have you been one of their best students? Like, do they have a course that teaches you something, or do they have a product? And have you purchased like a hundred of hundred of their product and then just given it away, or just shown that you're so keen and you love what they're doing to help them? So, you know, that's massive. Then also, I think what I do with Founder when I approach people is I have a very, very good email and I find the right person. So you need to find the gatekeeper and that's very, very important. You can't just go out there and find Richard Branson's email and pitch him. You need to find his head of PR. The, you need to find his assistant. You need to find a somebody that stands in the line because these people get hassled so much and you want to find that person you want to picture them and you want to show them like, you know, in our email, I say we've got hundreds of thousands of downloads. I say we've featured Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington. I use the elements of, you know, social proof and the law of reciprocity. There's a brilliant book, one of my favorite marketing books called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And I use a lot of his principles of influence. And, you know, when you're pitching somebody, you want to be using those principles. You want to show that you have something of value to offer. And that's how I craft the email or, you know, something that you did. Like you make phone calls. You make phone calls a lot. That's another way to get people to actually listen to you, get them to write back. <laughs> <laughs> like phone calls are massive. You can get, you can get, 
in front of the hundreds and thousands of emails or requests that these people get, or these influencers, by just call picking up the phone and calling. Like phone calling, like calling on the phone is so underrated. Like it's not a scalable way to do things, but it definitely works. That's why, you know, we still have sales guys that call you up on the phone because it works. You can cut through to people and that's what you really want to do. You want to cut through. You want to find the gatekeeper. You want to cut through and you want to show value by using the, showing you're an influencer or you have something of value to offer. And yeah, you just, um, that, that that's how I go about it. Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. You, you take it back to the old school, right? You jump on the phone mm. and you, you get straight through. You cut through the noise because no doubt these guys have hundreds of emails and most of the emails you send nowadays are going to probably go through to spam, right? Especially mm. if you're sending the same uh, <laughs> same titles and so on. So, no, mm. thank you, man. Thank you for that advice. That is, uh, that is very golden. I appreciate you're that. You're welcome, bro. So, let's talk about the topic of uh, social media, right? Because I see that your Instagram channel has absolutely blown up. Uh, I know that you didn't start too long ago on Twitter and Facebook and that. I just noticed that one thing I love about uh, founders, you have some really strong fans. Like I was on Instagram the other day. <clears throat> I had a, a picture quote up and I saw somebody quoting and saying, oh, I love Founder Magazine on some of my pictures. It's just because I had like a little logo of yours on there. So quite a few people saying, yeah, I read that magazine and this and that. So you, you, the word's getting out there, man. It's getting around in the social channels. Mm. And uh, what what would your advice be in the social media space? Yeah. One thing with social is I think it's very important to approach one channel at a time. Mm. And with us, you know, I haven't – we're doing okay on Facebook. Like we haven't been around for long um, enough to really get involved on the glory days with Facebook when it was easy to grow. Um, so we've got about 10,000 followers. I don't consider that really that much in the social scheme of things. But Instagram is an interesting one because I had a lot of friends. You know, this is how I learned, Joel. Like I learned from friends or I hear what's happening on the grapevine. I had a lot of friends that were having some big wins on Instagram. So about five months ago, I just, you know, I, I just thought I'd give it a shot and I saw some massive spikes in our sales. And it turned out that Instagram has been a brilliant acquisition channel for us because anybody like you know founders an app and anybody that reads founder obviously has to have a phone or a tablet and anybody that accesses instagram they're on their phone so it was just a perfect match up there for us you know it was like a match made in heaven and i just saw these massive sales in uh, spike in sales and then you know, I networked and I found out what's working and um, I tried and I tested and, and then I just came up with this formula that has allowed us to grow to almost 100,000 followers on Instagram in under five months. And uh, it's just been a channel that we've hit very, very hard, but it just comes back to the same philosophy that I, I use across all of our channels, whether it's social, whether it's our magazine, whether it's some courses we're doing, whether it's our blog posts, we're just trying to provide value. So when it, anything that I do, the, anything that we put out there, it has to have value. And I really, I think it's very important to know your audience. When, you, when it comes to social, you really need to know your audience. You really need to know what they want. And on Instagram, like a few really good tips, like I've found that our best images are the ones that spark an emotion, that triggers an emotion and, and it drives something to, because I know what our audience want. 
Like, for example, one of the pitches that did really, really well and it triggered a massive emotion was when I'm a it, – it was just a photo image of saying, when I'm a millionaire, I will dot, 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 fill in the bl- – and you could fill in the blank. And then we said in the caption, you know, uh, what are you going to do when you become a millionaire? And it's, it triggers a lot of emotion because anybody that reads Founder, you know, our audience, they have an aspiration to become a millionaire. So it triggers a lot of emotion. And we got thousands of comments. So, you know, I think when it comes to social, you really need to provide value. You need to be consistent. Consistency is massive, you know, posting or, you know, putting out regular content and providing value. I think, if I was to get it down in the most simplest form, those would be the things. Yeah, wonderful, man. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, it, it's amazing, right? I know now why Facebook threw a billy on the table, a billion on the table for Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know why, because you know, look look at Instagram, man. It's um, mm. you can only use your phone really to update it, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it's locking people into posting more quality than to just post whatever they find on the internet straight straight up through a uh, desktop. Mm. And uh, another thing as well is that the engagement on the pictures are amazing. Like I, I can compare all the pictures that I post even on Facebook itself or even Twitter itself and I'm getting four times, six times, eight times the engagement sometimes. Mm. You know, so, I mean, it's definitely a place to be. It's definitely a great place to build brand. And uh, you've done it right by drawing people to the magazine to check it out. You've increased your sales just through Instagram alone. So that's the power of social media. Yeah, look, I really, really like Instagram. I think it is awesome. Um, And I spend a lot more time on Instagram than any of uh, of our other social channels. All of our other social channels are pretty automated. But uh, I... I quite like Instagram. I, I manage it all ourselves, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be running multiple Instagram accounts soon when I bring on some more people to the team. You actually launched a course recently, right? Uh, dominating Instagram or Instagram domination? I yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that sold out real quick, man. I remember seeing the uh, <laughs> the announcements <laughs> were coming out. Next thing, it's like, oh, we're closing doors right now, like early. So. <laughs> Yeah, you've done really well, man. It's uh, how how can anybody get into that Instagram domination course? Are you yeah. opening it back up or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, look, um, that's I don't know, man. A lot of people like Instagram because it's really fun too. So a lot of people, uh, it's it's really hot topic at the moment, and I just created. I never thought that I was going to create courses. I just it just kind of happened because I was uh, speaking to my audience and our community, and that's what they wanted. They're like, Nathan, how how are you going so fast? And I got so many questions about this. I'm like, you know what? There's only one way I can scale my time is to create a video course. And yeah, look, um, we that that we're going through working through with our first round of beta testers, and we sold the course at a a discounted rate. And we will launch again in the next month. And that if you want to check that out, you can go to foundermag.com forward slash get ig and uh yeah you can you can sign up on the waiting list and you'll be notified when it goes live again and uh this version will be yeah the this this version will be ultimate we've got some massive things happening with uh, a lot of people in the course that are working with us now people are just growing like crazy it's it's insane but it's really really exciting too like you know just watching you know the stuff that you've learned and and helping other people and then just them getting the results that you're getting is amazing 
I love that, man. Hey, dude, count me in. I'm, I'm in on the next course for sure, right? I need to blow mine up. Mine's at like 30-something thousand. I, 30, 30's uh, too small for me, man. I'm going for oh, the six. On, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, and this is what I, sh- I teach people as well, is that you know, at the end of the day, if you have 100,000 people, but only 10 of them are interacting with you, then you might as well have 10 followers, mm. right? So you are you obviously don't just teach people how to get more followers you also teach people how to really take advantage of blowing their brand up and and leveraging off Instagram to to build their business which is amazing man a lot of people don't do that they just they they just focus on the followers which doesn't really matter so much right mm, yeah that's so spot on like it's all about engagement and it's all about getting the result and having one single goal especially with Instagram because you only get one clickable link, you know, where's that link going to go to? Is it going to go to a landing page where you collect their opt-in? Is it going to go to your website or is it going to go to the the cart where you're selling something? Like where's it going to go? So you have to have a goal and you have to yeah, keep that goal in mind every single day. Yeah, that's it, man. You got it 100%. It's consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with any, yeah. With anything in, yeah. Yeah, with anything in business, man, it's, it's definitely consistency and passion. So mm. that's great, man. That's great to hear. And the address, is that founder, like F-O-U-N-D-R? Yep, founder, F-O-U-N-D-R, mag, M-A-G, dot com, forward slash G-E-T-I-G, get I-G. Beautiful, beautiful. So don't sleep on it, guys. Head over there right now. <laughs> All right, before the door closes again. <laughs> Beautiful, man. So I wanted to really wrap the uh, interview up with a couple more questions. And, and one of the questions that I had on my mind was, you know, what is the greatest advice you've received so far through interviewing these amazing people? You've done like 150-something interviews, right? So I'm sure there's got to be a gem somewhere in there. Wow. That's really, really hard to say. Um because there is so many bits and pieces that I've just taken away and then I've gone and implemented it. But one thing that sits with me quite often is uh, the founder of SurveyMonkey, Dave Goldberg. He's actually his his, uh, husband to Sheryl Sandberg, who's the uh, second in charge at Facebook, One thing that he told me, uh, one of his pieces of advice that he passed on to me that I try and use is is you should always be nice to people because there's a lot of assholes out there and it'll go a long way. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, look, that's been a great one. You know, I always... I'm always trying to help people however I can. I always, I'm never a wanker. Like I try not to be anyways and I always try and help people wherever I can and, and just be, you know, professional and pleasant and kind and that's just who I am. And uh, I thought that one was quite profound because it wasn't something that you generally think you'd hear from in terms of entrepreneurial advice. And then another one, if I could give you one more, mm. is I learned this from the uh, – founder of Zero Accounting, which is a massive multi-billion dollar company. They do cloud accounting. Um, They're disrupting the accounting world and they're taking on the myobs and stuff and they're a listed company. Uh, Rod Drury, he taught me about the sense of urgency. Absolutely every single thing that he does, he approaches with urgency. And 
he's so mindful of his time because let's be honest, bro, like time is one of the things that you'll never get back. You know, you can get, you can lose all your money and you can get it back. But if, when you lose time, you can't get it back. And he is so mindful of that. Even the interview, I could see he had a sense of urgency even talking to me. And yeah, just that sense of urgency, that speed of implementation of whenever you're, you, you, you know, set your eyes or you set a goal or, or you set a task or set something you have to do, just being mindful that, you know, you know, our clock, every single one of us, the, the clock is ticking and, you know, you can't get your time back. It's, it's our most valuable asset, especially as entrepreneurs, because our time can be spread around so many different areas of a business. So, yeah, I think uh, that's a really powerful one too that I learned. I love it, man. I love, I love both of the uh both of the advices that you shared man and uh look time is of the essence so hurry your ass up right <laughs> <laughs> that's it bro well me and you man you know we get that we're hustling hard yeah <laughs> i know you the so for the listeners i mean it's it's awesome to to chat with nathan nathan is such a giving guy he does not have a scarcity mindset he's more than willing to share with you everything that he knows um well you know if you have a, the kind of relationship that we do and um, what, what's amazing about Nathan is that I remember, you know, we're, we're chatting on the phone for, you know, half an hour conversation and there's a couple of things that come up in the conversation. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great idea. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Next thing, like a couple of days later, a week later, hey, Joe, check this out. And I look at it, I'm like, whoa, this dude just jumped on it. He, so it, I think a, such, a, um, such an admirable thing is to really be by your word, right? Because a lot of people aren't. And like you said, you know, time and I think energy as well. Time and energy mm-hmm. are, are the most important commodities, the most important resources for us as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, so you really need to uh, move with haste, right? Really get mm-hmm. onto it and, and be nimble and, and act on it and stop overthinking so much. Mm. Yeah, look, thank you for the kind words, man. And yeah, it's all about speed of implementation. The most successful entrepreneurs, they implement fast. Sometimes they fall fast, but uh, you got to learn to get back up fast too. <laughs> yeah, that's right, bro. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. I love it. I love it. Awesome, Nathan. So uh, I just want to wrap this up with uh, the final question that I love to ask every person I interview. And that question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Wow. Okay. I would say that life is way too short we live in a world now where you can do or be anything and it just takes time and effort and showing up and you know you only have one shot in this world so don't waste it wonderful man wonderful thank you so much for sharing that dude oh, really appreciate it man thanks for jumping on the line with us today and uh for anyone that's listening right now jump on to his instagram domination course don't miss out on that, right? <laughs> and uh, when you get a chance, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please jump on, rate us, review us, check out Founder Podcast as well. Uh, Nathan has also interviewed a lot of people for the magazine and also in turn, turned some of the audio interviews into podcasts. So definitely check them out and, and jump on his magazine. Go to the store and, and jump on it. Oh, yeah, thank you so much, man. It was absolute pleasure to be here. Legend. Thank you, man. Catch you later. Bye. Ciao.